Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
Good morning, everyone. Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, we just thank you for waking us this morning, giving us another opportunity to do better. Father, we thank you for this call, giving us another place to come to for fellowship and to share and to learn in your word. Father, we thank Pastor Mark for getting up and standing in for Brother Sam this Sunday, and we look forward to hearing his word. Father, we thank you for all that we have and all that we will have. Father, I pray that anyone who takes the time to call in today or to listen to the call later will hear something on here that will help them in their walk with you, Father, that will help them as they go through this upcoming week. Father, we thank you for your your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, we started our call this morning with praise and worship through song, followed by opening prayer. When I conclude the announcements, the word will be given this week by Pastor Mark, and the call will end with Pastor Mark conducting prayer requests. I would like to thank everyone for joining us this morning and ask that you put your phones on mute to eliminate any background noise from disrupting the service. Thank you. All are welcome to call into the Prayer Shift and Ministries Bible Study and Morning Prayer Call. Bible study will be on Mondays at 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. The prayer call will be every morning, Tuesday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time at 724-444-7444. The call ID is 126-976, and then select 1 for guests. Again, that is Bible study on Mondays at 7.30 a.m., prayer call Tuesday through Friday at 6 a.m. The number is 724-444-7444. 7444. The call ID is 126-976, and then select one for guests. You can also listen in on your computer. Go to talkshoe.com 
into the same call ID, 126976, then click on the pink square in the middle of the screen that says the call is in progress, click to listen. Again, that is TalkShoe, T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E dot com. Call ID 126976, then click on the pink square in the middle of the screen that says the call is in progress, click to listen. You can also listen to previous day's prayer call. If you scroll down, they are listed by date, starting with the most current. There will be a prophetic call held on the first Saturday of each month at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time at 724-444-7444, and the code is 145000. The April call will be held on Saturday, April 7th. Again, that is a prophetic call on the first Saturday of the month at 7 p.m. The number is 724-444-7444. The code is 145000. The April call will be held on Saturday, April 7th. We ask that you continue to keep watching it in your prayers, and we ask that you continue to keep Sister Donna on your prayer list, who has been diagnosed with multiple myeloma. May God continue to bless all on our prayer list with the strength needed to make it through their journeys. During the word and prayer request, please refrain from individual conversations and prayer shout-outs. Although greatly appreciated, they disrupt the service. The prayer call mentioned above is a better form as it is more informal. Thank you for your cooperation. And let us continue to pray for our young people. So many are lost and misdirected. They are under attack and need prayer like never before. Start with the ones closest to you and then extend your prayer to those who have no one to pray for them. The day is today and the time is definitely now. This concludes this week's announcement. Pastor Mark. Amen, amen. Bless the Lord, saints. Bless the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank and praise God for Pastor Sam allowing me the opportunity to speak to his people, to speak to his ministry, and uh, I thank him and I praise him, and uh, I just want Sam to know that he left the ministry in good hands. I'm going to do my best and to go ahead and get your rest, brother. You surely surely need it in Jesus' name. Uh, Father, I just want to get into a quick prayer, and I don't want to waste any time. Uh, We'll have a lot of things I want to cover, and uh, I just want to have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, as I come before you in prayer, I thank and praise you for this time, this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray that you will open their spiritual ears as they use their natural ears to hear what thus saith the Lord. I pray right now, Lord God, that I will decrease, that you may increase, and that the revelation and knowledge of your word will not go on deaf ears, Lord God, but we will all come into the knowledge of you, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. All right. Uh, Today, as I continue to walk us through the Word of God, the Lord laid it upon my heart to deal with a topic of great importance to the body of Christ. A lot of people talk about this and, and even search for and ask God about their purpose in and for life. But we also have to understand that there are responsibilities that accompany our purpose in life. And if I had to give a title for today's sermon, it would be The Responsibilities of Purpose. Also, as I thought about it, I can even entitle it The Purpose of Responsibility. The best example of this fact is Jesus. 
He is the Son of God, the true and living Savior of the world, whose sole purpose was to die on the cross for eternal salvation. Yet before he did that, there were certain responsibilities that had to be carried out or performed before his purpose was fulfilled. Our scripture reading, our main scripture reading is going to come, if you have your Bibles, the book of John, the fourth chapter. We're going to start with the 32nd, actually I'm going to start the 31st, John 4, verse 31. Uh, Quick note, I'm not Joel Osteen and all those other guys you see on TV ministries. I'm not smart enough to take one scripture and just do a whole hour sermon on it. So if I if I use other sermons, uh, not other sermons, I'm sorry, other, other scriptures, I'm that guy who has to go line upon line, precept upon precept. So if you haven't read your word all week, you came to the right place because you're going to get the word today. So I need more than one scripture to really get my point across. So forgive me if I have you turn to so many different scriptures because that's just how I do. I'm not smart enough to take one and just expound out. I need, I need more information. I'm not saying anything about them. And if I get to that point, praise God. But at this point, I need more than one scripture. Amen? Now, in the, as we go to John 4, this is the uh, – you can read it on your own. This is the, 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 the chapter where – Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, and he was talking to her, and she was talking about the five husbands, and he ministered to her, and she said that she was uh, looking for Christ the Messiah, the Messiah was coming. He said he was the Messiah. But one thing I learned, and, and, and I got this just now as, as, as part of his purpose, sometimes in fulfilling your purpose, you have to do things that are above the norm or not the norm, because in this particular case, a Jew and a Sumerian were not even supposed to be speaking. It was almost considered illegal for a Sumerian and a Jew to even talk. So the fact that he talked to this woman, ministered to her, brought deliverance was key because this wasn't supposed to happen. And she went away and she told people about him, and, and he really ministered to her that she was so excited that she went and told other men, and men were looking for him. But here in the 31st uh verse, I'll read it here. The, the, the disciples were, were, they were supposed to go eat, and the disciples were standing apart and marveling at the fact that, again, he was talking to Samaria and how happy she was after the conversation. And verse 31 says, in the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. They were, they were going to go eat. And Jesus said something very interesting. In 32, he says, but he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore, said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him all to eat? In other words, did somebody else feed him and we, and we didn't know anything about it? So they were, they were, they were confused. I, right, right there, what I see is they weren't thinking spiritually. And I noticed when Jesus spoke in parables, he always spoke in parables to get to things spiritually. But they were taking it from a natural standpoint. So he answered them. Jesus said unto them, verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What did he mean when he said meat? Because they were talking about eating. He was talking about something 
spiritual. He was speaking spiritually to them. That's why they couldn't understand what he said. And I, I was sitting there thinking yesterday about this, and I, I preached this yesterday, about how we always say, when you really get down to the meat, as I always said, when we really get down to the meat and potatoes of a matter, in other words, when you really get down to what's important in a matter, there you will begin to do your work. The meat that Jesus was referring to was his purpose. The meat of your life is your purpose. And he revealed to me, when you are searching for the meat of your, what drives you, what motivates you, what encourages you, what keeps you doing what you do, that's your meat. That's the meat of your life. It's not the food. It's not the chicken, the steak, or whatever you want to have. The meat that he is referring to is what makes him alive. What is his reason for being? And then he said, to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What was the will of him that sent me? What was he talking about? Sure, we all know that it began his his end game, so to speak, was down the cross. To do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Obviously, to finish his work, there had to be works that had to be performed before he got to the cross. So I'm going to go to the book of Luke, chapter 4, and we're going to start from the 14th through the 19 verse, I'm also going to read 21. Now, this is the will of him who sent me. And he's very clear about this. In this chapter, Jesus was led into the, into the spirit, led by the spirit into the wilderness and being tempted 40 days and the devil had tempted him. And when he came out, this is where, this is where we're going now. And Jesus, chapter, uh, verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in the synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered up unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Here we go into the will. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty for them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Verse 20. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. In other words, he dropped the mic. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. The will of him who sent me. Let's take another look. Number one, he has the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Who is the poor? Not the poor in terms of wealth, the poor in spirit. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior of your life, you are poor in spirit. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how much, how many things you've accomplished. 
I don't care if you own Wakanda. I don't care what you're trying to do or what you're trying to accomplish. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you are poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart. No one can heal a broken heart like Jesus. No one or nothing, not even time, can heal a broken heart like Jesus. To preach deliverance to the captive. There is deliverance. Listen, to preach deliverance to the captive. Not necessarily laying hands on them. The word of God can bring deliverance if you're a captive. If you are bound today, search the word of God. Read the word of God. There is deliverance in the word of God. This is a living book. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To preach deliverance to the captain. If you are bound by anything on today, I encourage you to get in your word. Hallelujah, Jesus. And recovering of sight to the blind. Now, we all know that Jesus laid hands on people and he recovered sight. But the word can recover sight to the blind because, again, if you have not accepted Jesus in your life, if you do not know him, you are walking around blind because your eyes are not open to the truth and you cannot live the full life of Christ that he has promised every one of us to live. There is life in Christ like no other. The blind being the blind, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think you've done. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how bad you think you are. If you are not walking with Jesus, you are a blind man walking. Hallelujah. To set at liberty, them there bruised. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So obviously, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord isn't, there is bondage. Hallelujah, Jesus. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And verse 21, and he begins to say unto them, this day, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? He has done everything possible. He has done everything for us in the mighty name of Jesus. He has done everything. Everything that he could possibly do for us, he has already finished. We call it in church the finished works of Jesus Christ. It sounds good. I always want to say that. I can't wait to give you a bunch of people to say that because I sound really important. I sound like I know what I'm talking about. We just got to really study his work because he knows the finished works of Jesus. And we always go to the cross. But we, and the only thing about Jesus we know is he's a, he was a loving God. He was compassionate. He laid hands on the sick, and he did this. No, it's what he said. It's not just what he did. It's what he said. He operated in word and deed. He operated in word and deed. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to take a look at a couple of other areas where purpose and responsibility that clearly defined but are sometimes overlooked or suffering from a diminished or warped view. And something happened this morning that really, that really uh, uh, triggered or really was uh, going on what I, my, first, uh, my first attack, if you will, not really an attack, but one thing I want to cover. It's the fivefold ministry. Turn to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to go 1 through 11. I also like to use the Amplified Bible because it brings an insight that the King James Version doesn't really bring. It kind of breaks it down for, for, for people like me who need a little bit more clarity. 
because I must admit there was time I was kind of confused with the these vowels, voice, and these. I really didn't understand what that was about, but the uh, Amplified really uh, goes into that. But for the sake of time today, um, I'm going to read just from the King James Version, but I will be using it from time to time. Uh, I will start with the first verse, the first chapter, the first, yeah, Ephesians 4, chapter 1. Ephesians 4, verse 1, I'm sorry. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There was one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heaven, that he might fill all things. Here we are, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This morning, with Sister Pam, uh, we were talking before the call. She asked me a very uh, interesting question, which relates to really what I'm about to talk about. She said, well, when we get on the call, how should I introduce you? Should I introduce you as Brother Mark or Pastor Doug? And I said, introduce me as Pastor Mark. Mr. Gully is my daddy's name. I've always said that. I don't know why I heard a guy say it and I thought it was funny, so I said it. But the reason why is I notice in the body of Christ, I understand why it's happening. In the body of Christ, we tend to do one or two things with titles. We either glorify them too much or we don't glorify them enough. We glorify them too much because we walk around with our titles because we want to end up like those guys on Preachers of L.A., Preachers of Detroit, Preachers of Wakanda. I can't get off Wakanda. I just still think that's funny because I actually thought that was a real place. Preachers of wherever. We say their lifestyle, and everybody wants to be a pastor now. Or we'll go to a service. And they'll ask, are you clergy? No, 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 no. I just want to sit in the back. But we diminish what God himself. Remember, the word says on verse 11, and he gave some apostles. And he, not me, not you, he did. Fireful leaders, hear me well. If God has called you to an office, Walk in it. You are what he says you are, not what you say. He gave it to you. If you gave it to yourself, let it go. It is not of God. If he gave you to be an apostle, if he gave you to be a prophet, evangelist, a teacher, a pastor, how dare you diminish what he's done? Because check this out. Let's say you're a business owner with a successful business. You go to a business meeting. Now, you've done, I mean, you've done this. You've built this business from the ground up. 
you are successful, you're making nice money or whatever, you got a piece of property in Wakanda, okay, I'm going to leave Wakanda alone. And you walk in the meeting, and nobody knows you. Somebody walks up to you and hands you a smock and say, the servers are in the back. Go back there with them. I guarantee you would not say, well, thank you very much. This is what I came for. You would sit there and you would give a tutorial to that person who does not know you and would be offended by the fact he gave me that smock, but he does not know you, and you would give a tutorial about who you are, what you've done, how long you're doing it, how long it took you to get there. So in other words, the title that you have put on yourself, you will glorify. But the title God gives you, are you a pastor? No, 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 I'm not a pastor. I don't, and I hear it all the time. I don't really go around telling people that I'm a pastor because, uh, and then they give a ridiculous excuse. But let you be in the part of the Fortune 500. Let a list come out of Fortune 500 companies and your name is on the list. You go call whoever you got to call to make sure that next time that list come out, your name is on it. Having a title is not one to be proud of because there's work involved. That's probably why a lot of us don't really want to identify with our types, because we're probably not walking in the office that God has ordained us to have. If that's the case, then yes, don't say nothing about it. But if you are walking in your title, I'm not saying use it with the badge. I'm not saying be proud. I'm not saying go everywhere. I'm not saying go to the bank. Yes, this is Pastor Mark. I'm coming to withdraw $20. No, I'm not saying that at all. But frankly, you are what you are. But also, getting back to responsibility, I found this very interesting in the 12th verse. I'm going to start by 11. I really want to go to 12 right quick. It says, and like I said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. The next word really struck me, for. For. I looked up what for meant. I just, I just that, that word stuck out to me. And this is what I found. For, used as a functional word to indicate purpose or an intended goal. The purpose for him giving the fivefold ministry was because of, and the responsibility of the fivefold ministry is to, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It is not to get rich. It is not to set up before your people and ask for 5,000 offerings. It is not to have a big house and a big car. It is for the perfecting of the saints. That is the responsibility of the fivefold ministry. Brothers and sisters, people of God, fivefold leaders, get back on your post. It is time to perfect the saints, to do the work of the ministry, to edify the people of God, to edify the body of Christ. Edify, look at that word, to build up, promoting the spiritual growth and development of the people to God's standard and not ours. And we all come in the unity of the faith. This is a job that don't end. It don't end. As a pastor, every Saturday morning, 
I'm preaching the two chairs. But guess what? On Saturday morning, there's no place I'd rather be because it's my responsibility, according to the anointing that he has given me to pastor. I don't want to be nowhere else. RTJ does they say to do what God calls you to do, sometimes you gotta look like a fool. If you walk past that building on Saturday morning while I'm preaching, you would think I have lost my mind. I am sitting there screaming at the top of my lungs, just like I'm doing now, to two empty chairs, and I love it. Because I am in the will of God. There's no place on earth I'd rather be. There is no place on earth that matters except being in the will of God. Don't you dare do what he's called you to do grudgingly. The word says, serve the Lord with gladness. When he blesses you, you would tell everybody in their mother, good God is. When he gives you instructions, you want to cry. Explain that to me somebody. When he bless you with that new house, that new car, you'll throw a party, you'll stand in front of every church and tell you what God did. When God tell you to give somebody $100, you want to go pray about it. You want to go pray. So you want to go find, you want to read the instructions about the instructions you was given. He told you to do something, and you want him to change his mind. But it's your responsibility as a fivefold leader. As a five, I'm speaking of fivefold. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to the rest. I'm gonna get to the rest of the body. But as a fivefold leader, this is what you gotta do. This is what you gotta do. Perfect the same. Start today. Start today. Edify the body of Christ till we all come into the faith. That's a never-ending job. That's a never-ending job. Because all of us gotta come into faith. That's your job. That's your call. Not getting on empty. Not getting on cribs. Not uh, uh, walking around a fancy car, not wearing those nice, shiny suits, preaching the word, ain't going to sit down. You didn't realize as a pastor, any leader, a pastor has, has this thing about, when, when, I, when I, you know, I preach the word, so I'm done. No, you're not. Because when you go to that store, you still got to minister. You perfect. See, we, 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 we think just because we do it in the church, we've done our job. Perfecting the saints. What about those saints who didn't come to church that day? What about those people out there who don't know Jesus? Ain't gonna come to your church. Ain't talking unless they're in my church. I got, uh, uh, come on, I'll, I'll preach a message. No, no. Our job is never done. Remember, till we all come into the unity of faith. Till we all come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to touch another um, area. The purpose and responsibilities of our finances, which is one of my favorite subjects because nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to talk about finance, because you know what? You know how church folk do. And we're talking kingdom now. This, by the way, this isn't church service. This is kingdom meeting. We're talking kingdom. We're not talking church. Because see, one thing I know about church: all churches have different ways of doing things, but the kingdom has to be on one accord. One accord. So this ain't church. This is a kingdom. This is dimension. This is a kingdom meeting. We come in here as the kingdom. I'm just the mouthpiece. But guess what? I got it first. I'm just bringing it to y'all. I'll bring it to y'all. I want to go through Malachi. It's familiar scripture, Malachi 3.10. I'm going to go 3.10 and 12. Finances in the church is one of the most highly debated topics 
tithing, actually, it's one of the most highly debated topics in the ministry for the simple fact, in church, for the simple reason that nobody wants to do it. I'm just laying it out there. Nobody really wants to do it. And like I said, it's, it's a diminished warped view. We don't understand the importance of it, but we don't want to do it. Malachi 3.10 said, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be me in mine house, and prove me not herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be not room enough to receive it. And I rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, said the Lord of hosts. Here's something very interesting. Uh, number one, the biggest reason why you hear that people don't like tithing is because it was before the law. Tithing was part of the law, and we don't know the law. We're willing to grace that Jesus came. Hey, Drake, I got, I, got, I got something for that. Ironically, uh, absolutely, that's absolutely untrue. In Genesis 14 and 20 and Hebrews 7 and 4, it talks about how Abraham gave tithes to Michelle today. As we all know, or maybe we don't, was before the law. So that argument just gets thrown out of the window. And I'm not going to sit and debate about it because I'm just, I'm just not going to if you don't want to do it, fine. But I guarantee, I, I dare I dare you, find me another place in the word of God that you can be blessed without giving. Financially. I, I, my brother told me, yeah, man, well, you know, God wants you to give your time, your talents, and your money. Okay, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, okay, fine, fine. You argue all day long, but find me a place in Scripture that says you can be blessed financially without giving. Oh, wait, text me. I will give, leave on the find, learn, learn me something. Learn me something. Now, here where it says, bring you outside the storehouse, what's interesting is I was talking about what our responsibility is in terms of fivefold leadership. Here, God puts a responsibility on himself. On himself, where he says, bring your entire life to the storehouse. The next word, right there, that. That. I looked up the word that. Because I, I'm, I'm, as, as I'm studying, I'm really, I'm really, the words are really, he's really pointing more things out to me. The word that is used to introduce the clause expressing cause or reason, purpose or aim, result or consequence. That's the Lord speaking, saying, Bring you all the tithes off into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. That is the purpose for bringing the tithe into the storehouse. But check this out. The responsibility thereafter, God puts it upon himself. And prove me now, he will say, the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall be no room to receive Check it. Catch it. God himself says, you bring the tithing off. You bring the tithing to the storehouse. Let me get the offer in a minute. You bring the tithing to the storehouse. I will open the windows of heaven. You obey me. I, I put a responsibility on myself to bless you. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruit of the ground. You show your vine castle fruit. And all nations shall call you blessed, 
for you shall be the light of the land. In other words, you obey God. He is responsible for blessing you. He's not, he never said, you pay your tithes and then you figure out how you're going, you know, you figure out how you're going to work your business. You, you pay your tithes and then you figure out what you're going to do. The responsibility to be blessed by your obedience is on him. He can easily say it. I ain't, I ain't you just do what I say. Just do what I say. Just do what I say. But he himself took on the responsibility to bless you, to open up the He opened up the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing, and there shall not be room enough to receive it. In other words, everybody talks about, I want to walk in the overflow. I want to walk in the overflow. Do you understand the overflow is not for you? It is a curse for you to be in the overflow, and you have room to receive it. Because he said that there shall be no room, not be room to receive it. Don't be that man who got blessed and built bigger barns. When you walk in the overflow, it is for you to bless others. Bless others. You don't get that, that jet black BMW. Get blessed and go get it done. Why don't you go and buy somebody a jet black BMW? You want to walk in the overflow. That's why we're not walking in the overflow. Because when God gives us something every little, we have to bless. Unless it's big. God, God is sure blessing me. Well, who are you blessing? How do I know? And I go find somebody that said, you know what? He blessed me the other day. And I ain't talking about, I'm going to pray for you. Will you? Will you? I'm hungry. I don't need prayer. I can pray for myself. I need sandwich. Well, I'm going to keep you lifted up. No, 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 no. Keep me fed. Keep me fed. Amen. Now, back to that person who says, well, you know, tithing's on the law. Turn to Matthew 5. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, if you will. We're going to start off with the 16th verse. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law. This is Jesus speaking. Or, or the prophet. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. But further I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, no, no jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass in the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever shall do, shall do, shall do, shall do, and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Got a question. And I'm, maybe I'm being messy, but that's all right. Can't nobody see me. Whosoever shall do and teach them. I was at work. I worked at the health club. And I asked a question. Uh, everybody knows I was going to start a church and whatnot. And I asked a question. I asked a black person, white person, and even a Muslim. And I said, you know, there are really different, different nuances to doing this. And I just asked a question. Have you ever seen your pastor give when the basket came around? And all three of them said unequivocally, no. The white woman said, you know what, come and think of it. No, I haven't. The Muslim, as a matter of fact, Mark, no, I have not. 
But my point is, but whoever shall do and teach them, do and teach them to do, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now, why did I bring this up? Remember, remember, let's look at verse 20 again. For I shall say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Real quick, turn to Luke chapter 18. You ain't got to turn, now I'm doing and they got your Bible, that's all right, you're going to get the word today. And remember, remember these scriptures, if you don't believe me, and you go back and look at them. I'm giving it, he gave it to me, I'm giving it to you. Now, this word Jesus was speaking, uh, he's speaking, he's speaking to the bros, you know, speaking to the cats, the cool kids. I'm going to start with nine. And he spake this parable unto certain, Luke chapter 18, verse 9, and he spake this parable unto certain, which trusted in themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. He was really speaking to scribes and Pharisees, the ones I just talked about in Matthew. Here we go. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee, the other publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee, and I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, and I give tithe of all I possess. This Pharisee, self-righteous, said, I get tithes of all that possess. Go right back to Matthew 5 and 20, where Jesus says, For well, I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, if, it, if you don't do more than the Pharisees and the scribes, if you don't do more, so, okay, so, brother, you say, well, we, we ain't got to tithe because under the law. Okay, no, you don't have to tithe. You got to do more than tithe. It's your responsibility as a child of God to do what Jesus commands, to do what Jesus says. And Jesus said, accept your righteousness shall exceed that. You want to be righteous in my sight? You got to do more than that righteous Pharisee does. Pharisee's tithe. That's when we get the tithe and all. That's when we get the seed song. He, 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 he pumped himself up on the fact that he tithes because he was under the law. So if Jesus didn't come to destroy it but to fulfill it, well, Jesus said, okay, you ain't got to do what the law says. You got to do more than what the law says. So my brother now explain to me why you think you ain't got to tithe. No, you don't have to tithe. No, 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 tithe. No, you ain't got to tithe. You got to do more than tithe. Because it's your responsibility because we already talked about the purpose. We already talked about the purpose. Remember, we're talking about purpose. We're talking about responsibility. Your responsibility as a child of the king, my responsibility as a child of the king. That's why in my ministry, I believe, it's just my opinion, Pastor Mark, could be wrong with two left shoes. Pastor Mark's belief, what Pastor Mark will do, Pastor Mark does, I tithe first. I am the shepherd of my house, of my two-chair house. I should be the first one putting the tithe in the basket. I'm not talking about that, well, because my checking account is connected to the savings. No, 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 no. Because if the people don't see you doing it, what's going to compel them to go, look at that, well, you know, you got to obey the word. Yeah, you too. You got to obey the word. And as a shepherd, as a leader, not even a pastor, but as a leader, don't you think the churches that you attend to, don't you think that people are not watching to see what the leaders do? That's why we say, follow the leader. 
Because if you're screaming about money, they ain't never see you putting that in the basket. What are they going to They're going to make their own assumption. It's not my responsibility as a pastor to go up there and ask for money for people to, to, to pay my, make my house payment. Everybody lay there for me. Hey, I'll let you come in and maybe care a cook meal. You ain't going to spend the night. But you want them to pay for it? Because you preach? I'm going to leave that alone. Yeah, Yeah. Last thing I want to touch on, I'm having a good time. I'm sorry. I'm having a good time. Last thing I want to touch on is the purpose and responsibilities of our lives in Christ Jesus. Now I'm talking to the body at large. And I'm going to read, um, I'm going to go to 1 Peter 2, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to use the Amplified Bible on this case because there's some, it's going to really expound on the word that the King James really, really doesn't expound. Um, I'm really going to do this. So, uh, no, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to King James. I'm going to go to King James. I'm going to King James. First Peter, I'm just about done. It's my last point. And then uh, we're going to be done for today. I thank and praise God for everybody who want to get on the call. I don't care if it's one person or 100 people. It's all right. I'm used to preaching 20 chairs, so I'm right at home. Got up and got dressed as if I was going to church because I take this very serious. I'm not sitting up here in my pajamas. I really have nothing else to do today, but I got up, took a shower, got dressed because this is church. This is kingdom building. I take it very seriously. I'm not in my pajamas. I don't have sleep in my eyes. I don't have, I don't have all that. I'm very serious about what I do. You need to get serious about what you're doing. Get serious about what God has called you to do because, remember, only what you do for Christ will last. Only what you do for God matters. Because that great day when we stand before judgment, I don't care what you, I don't care you list all your accomplishments, he will ask you one question. What did you do for me? Amen? Amen. Now, First Peter 2, go 1 through 10. Wherefore, laying aside all knowledge and all guile and hypocrisies and envy and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire to sustain miracle of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming is unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men. But chosen of God and precious. Chosen of God and precious. Chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed. The same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, while to they were all, also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of them who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Is that word that again? Verse 9. That. Go back to the purpose. Ye our chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Why did he ordain that upon us? That. That. Go back to that word. What does that mean again? Use introduce a clause expressing cause or reason, purpose or aim, result or consequence. The reason why you are a chosen generation the aim for being a royal priesthood, the result of being a holy nation and a peculiar people, 
and so that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It is your responsibility for being all those things he said in verse 9 to show the world how good God is, to show the world that Jesus lives. Because the average person is not going to listen to what you say. They're going to watch what you do. It's easy to talk. It's much harder to walk. And Sam asked me a question the other day. It was maybe yesterday, the day before. <clears throat> he said, now I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it in two forms. I want you to answer it in a new babe in Christ form mindset and a mature mindset. He said, do you want to walk, do you want to live in the land of miracles while your dreams come true? That was interesting. The new babe in Christ, I said, as a new babe, yes, because heaven is a place where everything comes true and you walk in the streets of gold and and everything is lovely, and all our dreams come true. Miracles are falling at me everywhere I go. But the mature Mark says, oh, no, I don't want to live there. Because, see, if you live in a land of miracles, there was work involved. It's going to be some fasting that's going to be done when you don't want to fast. It's going to be some seed sowing when you don't feel like giving up that money because you want to go to that movie. You want to buy the new uh, red bottom shoes. I don't know if y'all still wear red bottom shoes or not, but but I I I saw a couple of suits I want to get. I want my I go get an Italian cut suit and see God will mess around and tell me to take an Italian cut suit and buy it for somebody else. I ain't trying to hear that. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't trying to hear that. I ain't got one, but He told me to go got somebody one. I ain't cool. I don't want to be on there. I don't want to live it like that. But it's time for us. And he gave this revelation the day after. He said, talking about miracles, he said, blessings are life-sustaining. Miracles are life-changing. He said, we want miracles from him, but he wants miracles from us. I said, what were you talking about? The best miracle we can perform on this earth as a believer in Christ, as a body of Christ, is to bring someone out of the snares of the enemy by witnessing Jesus, by witnessing Jesus to them, by showing them the love of Christ, by compelling them to give their life to Jesus. We can't save nobody. All we can do is tell them about the one who saved us. That's why we are chosen generation. That's why we're going through this to show forth the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. People of God. It's time to get back on our job. There's a word out there dying. We watching CNN. We saw those kids yesterday marching. Uh, uh, we saw kids marching about gun violence. I wonder how many spoke about Jesus. How many was witnessing the Jesus? How many was witnessing about Jesus out there? Jesus is the only one that can fix this. We want Donald Trump. We want the lawmakers to pass a law. Do you think if we pass laws about gun violence, it's going to stop? No. It ain't stopped yet. A law is just something that's going into effect. It ain't going to stop. People still speed, right? And everybody knows the speed limit. And tickets are written every day for speed. So don't tell me a gun law is going to change anything. Only the power of God can change any and every situation. And as believers, the responsibility we have 
is to bring the power of God in places of darkness, to be that light. That don't mean be the light. It means you're going to be a goody-goody person. Okay, that might have something to do with it. No, but share the love of Jesus because somebody witnessed to you. Raise your hand. I can't see you, so I can ask. Raise your hand if you witnessed somebody this week. Raise your hand if you witnessed somebody this month. Raise your hand if God came up in your conversation with anybody this week or this month. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. We have become too lazy as believers. And one more thing, and I'm going to be one thing we got to stop doing as believers. We have become so lazy that we can binge watch a season of a goofy TV show, but we scream at church lasting an hour. You can binge watch a show that you've already seen. You've already seen it. You watch season two, hell, season 10, you go home and get season two and watch the whole thing in one sit. Church lasts longer than 45 minutes. I can't go ahead. They take too long. Your life depends on being in the presence of God. You give him an hour? I had a guy say yesterday talking about this guy who does, I mean, he does 60 hours a week and was proud of that. You can't give God one? But you can tell me that you work 60 hours. Your very life depends on God breathing the breath of life into you every morning. You can't give him one hour? You can't do that? Thanks to God. Let's get back on our posts. Let's get back. Let's get back. Amen. My closing statement, we are done for today. Our main responsibility as a believer in Christ Jesus is to be a proclaimer in word and deed of the love and saving power, life, transformation, giver, and the one who gave his life and paid the sacrifice for our sin to give and bless us with eternal life with him. To our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we praise, glory, and honor forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm out. God bless you. Any prayer requests? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Okay. Good sermon, Pastor. Um, if there are no uh, comments, then you can start a prayer request with me. Okay. Right. Comments? I have a comment. Oh? A comment. First of all, good morning. Good morning. Um, I just like to say that uh, that was very, very good. That was a, a teaching and a preaching. It was, it was. It's obvious that it was prepared, that it was thought out. Um. Uh, wow. Wow. That was. That was good. That was good. So I, I just want to thank you for investing the time, the obvious time that it took to prepare and, you know, research and all of the things that, that one needs to do to create 
a, a clear, succinct message. So that was that was pretty good. Um, Pam had a prayer request. I'll wait until after she gets done, but I did just want to make that comment that that's uh yeah, that was that was good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. So, Pam, um, you can go ahead here. I just wanted to kind of get a comment out there real quick since you guys asked asked for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It does my heart some good. Actually, um, real quick, I thank you for that because, uh, 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 like, like I said before, I take this very seriously, and it's not something that I, I, I do lightly. And whether I'm preaching, whether, whether I'm talking to two empty chairs or if I'm in front of a thousand people, this is what God has ordained me to do. And I cannot go half-heartedly into it because I, want, I, I expect the best from him. And if I expect the best from him, I cannot give him anything less than my best. Because, like I said, only what you will do for Christ will last. And as you get into the word, and, and this, is what, this is what he has put on my heart, I got it first. I got it first because, you know what, when I asked people to raise their hand about if they ministered anybody this week, I didn't raise mine. So see, one thing about a pastor and what I'm learning is, as a pastor, I'm still a part of the ministry. It's not me and y'all. It's us. And I didn't raise my hand. Right. But really, it really opened. So see, when he gives it to me, I get checked. But see, the relationship we have, he checks me in a language that I I can't give y'all. You know, he he so he gives it to me, and I give it to you all. But I already got it. It's not okay. This is more no, because like I said, I didn't raise my hand, so I have to do better myself. That's why I'm. It's not the pastor and the congregation. It's us because see, I can't have <laughs> if the congregation get blessed, the pastor ain't getting blessed. He ain't gonna be preaching too good. So I really I appreciate that, and I thank you so much for saying that because it's encouraging. It's encouraging for a young crowd, especially to hear things like that. Because all too often I'll probably hear what a terrible job I do. Anytime I can hear a good job, anytime I can hear a well done, it does my heart some good. So thank you. All right, Pam, what you got? Amen. Amen. You said Pamela? Yes. Pam? No. No, I'm here. Oh, he was he was addressing you, love. You got you got a prayer request? Was going you do it? Yeah, you can start with me. Okay. Uh is there anything in particular you need me to pray for? Hmm. See where he leads you. Okay. Uh uh. A quick word. As you as you as you were giving the announcements, um I, 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 I was in error for not thanking you for that. I, I, I thank you for that. That was that was lovely. You you sound like you've been doing that for a long time. That sounds natural to you. I don't know if you've ever done, you done, mean the announcement. Yes. There is an there is an there's an office that God is I don't I see. I see you doing. I see you evangelizing. I see you evangelizing. 
Don't run now. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. <laughs> I'm trying to hear that. I, I, I can hear it. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. And what I just said. I, I, I see you doing that. The reason why is because when you were speaking, you sounded, you there was such a fluidity to your voice and there was such a passion to it that people will listen to you. You have a lot to say. It's time for you to start speaking it. You have a lot to say. I see you, I see you doing, I see you speaking before people, and not necessarily in the church, in the kingdom. I, I really stay away from the church. I like, I, I, not just in the kingdom, but I see you in office settings. I see you doing presentations. I see you doing presentations. So, Father, right now, in my name is Jesus. I thank and praise you for Pam right now, Lord. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you will begin to open her eyes and reveal to her the plan that you have for her. There's nothing new that you're going to do for her. It's just a matter of her catching up to what you've already done in Jesus' name. Open her heart to receive the instruction that you have for her and, and let her know a reminder that everything that comes to you, that comes from above, is good. It is good. There's work involved, but it's a labor of love. There is joy in the finished product. There is joy in the manifestation. There are so many things that you have stored up for her right now, Lord. As a matter of fact, I release them upon her life right now. I pray that you begin to give her a heart to even want to do more and to do a heart to even please you more in her quiet time. Visit her, Lord God. Minister to her. Minister to her. She is more powerful than she thinks she is. You've endowed her with so many other gifts and talents. You have given her so many anointings she has yet to even grasp. And, Father, I hear this. Let not her age be a deterrent in her life. Get that out of her mind that she should have done this a long time ago. That is too late. That is too late. It's never too late in the things of God. Abraham had a baby at 100 years old. That ain't God. I don't know what it is. Father, I'm believing you this day. Transform her life right now in Jesus' name. Amen. There you go. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm next. Hello? Huh? I'm next. I'd like to call next. Okay. Anything in particular? Oh, you know what? Come on. Just go for it. I, I mean, yes. Yes. I want to say, I, I, I want to, I guess I want to put in a, a request and then let it flow from there is what I can say. Um, okay. For, for strength. Yes. To, for strength, that's what I need. I need strength supernaturally mm-hmm. to push past this membrane and break out. I need, mm-hmm. and I need laser focus. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that I need in this season, among <laughs> other things. <laughs> All right, got you. Um, what I'm hearing is... Uh,
you need to give yourself a break. I don't mean necessarily a vacation, although a vacation will do you some good. Let it go. Let it go. Your strength is lacking. Your strength is weakening. Your strength is weakened because you're holding on to too much. Too much. You can hold on to too much. You can hold on to too many good things and it'd be bad. You have to release it. God can't take what you won't release. Because sometimes we get comfortable. I say we, everybody, not just you. I'm not really a fan of attacking people. Everybody holds on to some things that they should let go. And sometimes there's some good things they should let go because they've run their course. Let it go. There are mindsets that we have to let go. There are ways of doing things we have to let go because they're so, they're so accustomed and so comfortable for us. We can be comfortable in a bad situation, but we say that's all we know. We can be comfortable in situations that we know are not good. They're not good. But we say, well, it's the way it is right now. No, it is not. One thought can change your whole life. One turn can change your whole life. So I pray, Father, right now in Jesus' name, that you will give Lisa the strength to make some decisions, decisions that you need to make, some decisions that will change your life. Give her the strength and give her the boldness and the courage to make these decisions. And let her know that you are standing right there with her. She knows that there are some decisions she has to make. And, Father, I take out the fear that she has for the decision being wrong or the fact that she might have to struggle even more. Father, she's tired of struggling. Mend her heart right now in Jesus' name. Mend her heart. And, Father, as far as her focus, she's one of the focus. She is one of the focused people around. But her focus has to become more precise. Let her focus more on you and not how she has to handle things. Remember, I said about the title, it is her responsibility to obey. It's your responsibility, Father, to bless her obedience. Minister to her. There are assignments that you have her to do. Once she obeys his assignments, you will lighten the load. Get out of this mindset that I got to lighten this myself. I'm out here by myself. There's no one with me. You are always with her, Lord. You've never left her. You've never forsaken her because you promised that you would. Even though it seems like it, you've always been there. You've always been there. Give her more strength, Father. But thank, I thank her praise you for the strength you've already given her because she's still here. She is not strengthless because she had enough strength to manage to be here at this particular time after everything that has transpired. God says, I'll never give up on you. Don't give up on me, and don't give up on you. See, a lot of times we want to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. No, 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 we, I, I ain't going to never give up. Okay, but someday we give up on ourselves. That's the real problem. We ain't got a problem with God. We got a problem with us. Know who you are in Christ. Lord, let us all come to the revelation of who we are in you. We know who you are. But we sometimes forget who we are in you. But we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. 
We're a holy nation. Your word says we are. And you are not a man that you should lie. Let us learn. Teach us how to walk in that which you have called us to be for this time and this season. But, Father, this season is very important to her. It's very critical. These next four months are very critical to her, Lord God. There's some things you want to do in these four months, not, not afar off, in these from there want to do to radically change her life. And I thank and praise you for that you're going to start moving even on today. And wait, never even thought. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Ooh. Oh, my God. Amen. And I'm going to leave it at that. Amen. That's all. That's all it is. Bless the Lord. Walk in your victory, girl. Walk in your victory. Woo! I'm excited about I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing in other people's lives. I'm excited about. It. I'm excited. I, I I have a glimpse. I didn't see the whole thing. I see a glimpse. I see you. I see you smiling. I see you laughing loud. I see you having fun. And I see you having fun with no guilt. I see you having fun and not wondering what's around the corner. I see God working, working in you. And it's soon. We always, we always talk about God got to change some things in you. God don't say God don't need all that time. God don't need all that time. See, preachers do that. We say that just in case it don't happen. Or they time you. Oh no, 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 no. That's your safe. That's your safe. That's your. That's your out. Because I'm gonna ask you when. Then? When's he gonna do it? That's why these four months are very critical in your life. These four months for you are very critical. Because there are some decisions that you're going to have to make that you're not you you you're going to be kind of you're used to doing things a certain way, and this time for this season you're going to have to do some things a little bit differently. Don't be afraid of that, because if you, get, if you do things differently, you might get a different result. Because sometimes we do things the same way all the time, and I'm hearing your conferences. Your conferences are going to shift. This I know you ain't going. Your conference is going to take a shift. You are going to pray at your conference. God is going to intervene in those conferences. I think there is power in you that you have untapped. For whatever reason, I know the reason I ain't going to say, but you, your, your, your conferences, your women's empowerment, Whatever you, wherever the conferences are, are going to take a different, they're going to have a different feel to it. He says it's time. He, he, he loves the conference. You're, you're really affected. And now you have, now he wants to affect them spiritually as well. And he's going to start with you first. He's got to start with you. People live like you, people like, like Pam. People listen to you. You've got a voice. You don't pay them a strong wind. Y'all strong. You're strong. You don't even know how strong you are. But he has to teach you your strength because, like with anything, it could run wild. It could do more damage than good. You could damage, not people, you could damage yourself by being too strong because you'll let some things go or you let some situations go that would have benefited you. But because of your strength and too much machismo, as most men see, men get, we get too much machismo and we wreck shop on something we shouldn't have been wrecking. Be careful of that. He, and he's, he's, gonna, he's going to give you wisdom in dealing with your strength. Because sometimes you need to show your muscle and sometimes 
need to let other people tell other people how strong you are. Sometimes you got to flex. Sometimes you got to let other people flex for you. So your conference is going to take a different twist because you're going to reach a, ma- a mass audience and the world, and, and, and we need it. We need it. We need it. We need, we need, the kingdom needs voices like you. Speak what God says. So, run with it, girl. It's going to be good. Don't be afraid of it. It's going to be good. You don't let you never do nothing bad. It's for your good. You're running from it because you're not used to it. Food don't taste good. You taste it more than once. You ever notice when you baby, uh, you give baby some table food and you can make that face at first because they all, all they used to is milk. And after a while, they can't have nothing. They don't want milk. Hot dog. So run with it, girl. It's yours. I'm going to start doing it today. Open yourself up today. He's got something he's got something he wants to visit you today. He wants to talk to you today. Open yourself up. He doesn't want to wait. He doesn't want to wait. So just make yourself available to him today. That's it. Stay right there. That's it? That's all we got? (sighs) Well, I think I'm done for today. Thank you. All right. Ain't nobody else. Uh, God bless y'all. I had a ball. Uh, I'll be back next week. Um, I'll keep y'all both lifted up in prayer. Keep me lifted up in prayer. Keep Breath of Life Temple Ministry lifted up in prayer. Um, let's do this thing. Let's win this. Let's win this fight for Jesus. Let's enjoy life in Christ because He wants us to enjoy it. It's not always work. He wants us to enjoy it. He ain't got no problem with us living like preachers in L.A. We do it the right way. There's a right way to do things. That's why he blessed me. So we can do, we can have that life. That's so sad. You just got to do what he wants you to do to get it. So that's it. Like there's nothing else. Um, hey, God bless everybody. Okay, everyone. Have a blessed day. All right. Bless you. Are you out too? Bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 